end. And as you and I know, whenever it comes to a, a different, uh, some decisions that we make in life, in every decision-making process that we kind of find ourselves in, there, there comes a moment in that decision-making process where we cross a line and we, we commit. It's the I'm in line. So for the couple that's been house hunting for months and months and months and months, the I'm in line isn't when they've got the house picked out. The I'm in line is actually when they step into the title company office where there's a stack of papers waiting for them and they sign their life away and they leave going, I don't even know what I just signed, but boy, am I ever in on this house. The I'm in line, you know, for the teenage guy who for months has been indecisive about who he's going to ask to homecoming. Homecoming coming, it's coming up in a week here. Who am I going to ask? The I'm in line doesn't come as the guy gets the person picked out in his head. The I'm in line is not when he goes down to the dollar store and finds a really nice piece of poster board to put his witty little invitation on. The I'm in line is when he steps out of his car in the high school parking lot as she is walking towards him as he's standing there with his sign and his goofy grin on his face. That's the I'm in line. Um, I've always had a bit of an interest in cliff jumping. I used to do it a lot when I was younger. And this last uh, couple weeks ago, actually, I came across this video of a guy named Lasu Schaller. So Lasu Schaller, I'm guessing you've never heard of him before, but Lasu Schaller is what's called a canyoneer. I didn't even know there was such a thing as a canyoneer, but a canyoneer is basically somebody that plays in canyons. This particular guy is a high cliff jumper. And I got a, a picture to show you here. This, this photo is of him in Switzerland getting ready to set the new world record for the highest cliff jump ever. And that platform that he's standing on there is 193 feet above that little kiddie pool that he's going to be jumping into at the bottom there. Now, to give you some perspective, how many here have ever driven across Deception Pass Bridge? Anybody? Okay, most of you have driven across Deception Pass Bridge. But if you've ever walked across Deception Pass Bridge and you've looked over the edge, you know that that's some scary uh, elevation going on there. Deception Pass Bridge is 180 feet. This is 10 feet higher than the Deception Pass Bridge, and this guy is, is getting ready to jump. Now, the I'm in point isn't, isn't when he finds a cliff to jump from. The I'm in point, the I'm in line is not when he decides to strap on his little blue outfit there. You can't see it, but there's a video that has the go. He's got a GoPro on his head. The I'm in point is not when he puts all that, that gear on. The I'm in point is not even when he decides that he's going to walk to the edge of that rickety little platform there. The I'm in line is when he decides to do this, when he decides to jump all the way down into this little body of water. Now, in case you're wondering how this turns out, he survived. He did dislocate his hip. <laughs> but he survived. Now, a key question for us that I just want to really dig into this morning is this question. What's the I'm in line when it comes to being part of a church? What's the I'm in line? Is it when you surrender your life to Jesus? Is it when you decide to walk through those back doors there and, and come in here on a Sunday morning? Is it when you get in a small group? Is it when you decide to, 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 to get involved and serve? What is the I'm in line? Are those the I'm in lines, or is it, or is it, something, is it something else? And for the next 25 minutes or so, I'm going to do things a little bit differently than I would typically do them on a Sunday morning. Um, this sermon is going to be quite directed at 
those who would consider this their home church. So if you're here and you're a guest, this is a, you're, you're just visiting, I want you to know that we're super glad that you're here. And you're going to get a, a, a bit of a picture of what it means to be a part of a church, what the church is all about. And, and hopefully by the time that we're done, you'll want to come back and, and find out a little bit more. But the, the scripture I want to read this morning is found in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, where it says, it says this. It says, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building, so with all its citizens and all its family members that we're talking about, the whole building is, is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Now, he's not talking about an actual building with wood and sheetrock. He's talking about the church. The whole building rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him too, or in him you too, are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Now, this is one of the most important passages in the whole entire Bible when it comes to understanding the church and your relation to the church as a follower of Jesus. When you give your life to Jesus, there's a lot of changes that take place in your life, but, but two changes, two big changes happen in your life in relation to the church. The first is this. When you give your life to Jesus, you receive new citizenship in God's kingdom. Every year, people from all over the world, they apply to become American citizens. Some get rejected because maybe they've got a criminal uh, past or maybe because they failed a test or something like that. Others, they get accepted and they get to experience the joy of standing there and, and, and pledging the oath of allegiance and they become citizens. When they do, their relation to, to us who are American citizens changes. They're no longer foreign, uh, uh, looked at as, as foreigners. They, are, they have this new sense of belonging they now have a right as citizens to the same privileges that Americans have. Not only that, but they also have the same responsibilities, responsibility to live and abide by the law, responsibility to get out and vote, responsibility to, if you get summoned, to, to, to do jury duty. They're citizens. And it works the same way when we surrender to Jesus. Before Christ, we are, it's like we're foreigners to God's kingdom. It's like we're standing outside the walls of God's kingdom, so to speak, and we can't get in. And we can't get in because of our wrongdoing. This thing called sin has got us on the outside. It's got us separated from God. In fact, Romans 5 talks about it has us in a position of being enemies of the king of this kingdom that we can't get in. But then the unthinkable happened. This king, he, he steps down off of his throne. He comes into our world and he, he gives his life. He lays his life down for us by dying on a cross, making a way for us to have peace with him, and opening up the door for us to enter into his kingdom. Thanks be to God. Amen? He did that for us. And when you say yes to following Jesus, you become a citizen of God's kingdom. You gain all the blessings, all the privileges, and responsibilities that go with that. Another big change that happens when you give life to Jesus is you are adopted into God's family. That's why in that scripture that we just read, it talks about being members of God's household. We're adopted into God's family, which is a really sweet deal when you consider who this Father in heaven is that we have. He's a Father whose love for us 
nothing can separate us from his love. He's a father who, because he's our father, we don't have to be worried or anxious because the Bible says he'll take care of us. He, he is a father who wants us to know life and have joy to the full. He's fought the gates of hell for us and would gladly do the same for us because he cares so much for his kids. This is the kind of dad we have in heaven. This is the kind of family that we get adopted into. Now, like any family would, his family has a name, and it's called the church. It's called the church. You hear me say this all the time. The church is not a building. It's not this. The church is not this meeting that we have right now. Church is a family, and it's a family that's made up of two different parts. So when you give your life to Jesus, you become a part of what's called the universal church. Okay, I hope it's okay. We're kind of getting into the nitty-gritty this morning about church. But when you become a, a follower of Jesus, you become part of the universal church. The universal church is very, very big. It's worldwide. We had somebody in our first service who was here all the way from Romania. It's, it's around, the, it, it spans the globe, the universal church. It's a growing family. Just in India alone, I read this this last week, over 15,000 people are being baptized as new believers every month. It's a growing family. And this part of the family, it works very similar to how your extended family works. All of us have an extended family, and we have what we call an immediate family. My family, my family name is Warner. Um, the Warner family is spread across the globe. Most of the Warner family is either in the U.S. or in Canada or over in, in Great Britain. But it's, it's very big. I know some of my extended family, but a lot of it I don't know at all. We're just completely disconnected. Um, furthermore, some of us have just different beliefs, different values, different, different ways of thinking. And because of that, there's very little commitment to one another. And it's the same way, it works very similar to your universal church family. There's different denominations because of all the different values, all the different beliefs, and there's, you're just disconnected. However, if I go back to my, my own family family, there's a part of my family that I'm very committed to, and that's my immediate family. That's my, that's my wife, Becky. That's my five kids. I, we are connected. We are together all the time. We share meals together. We care about one another. Uh, we know what each other, are, what, what we're up to. We share the same values, same beliefs, share the same goals. And unlike my extended family that I'm not really committed to, I'm deeply committed to my immediate family. I'm going to make some big sacrifices in order to see them succeed, in order just to see them soar in life. Yesterday, I spent over an hour standing in the pouring rain watching my daughter kick a ball around the field. Me and my little $5 Walgreens umbrella that barely covered my head, I'm getting soaking wet, and all I could think about is what kind of, what kind of twisted plot is there out there that I'm paying to do this right now? But I am, I'm committed to, to my daughter, and so I'm going to do some crazy things because of that commitment that I have. Did you know that, that your church family not only has a universal aspect to it, but there's also an, you have an immediate church family? And it, it's called the local church. That's your immediate church family. Now, in in Whatcom County alone, there, there are all kinds, there's many, many local churches. 
you boil it right down to Ferndale. In Ferndale, there's about 15 local churches. There's Welcome New Life, there's Christ Lutheran, there's Good News Fellowship, and there's Christ the King Community Church. All local churches. We're part of the Universal Global Church, the Extended Church family, but this is the immediate family. And we see this all throughout scriptures. There's places in the Bible where the Bible refers to, like we just read about, we're one body. Or it just talks about the church. It's talking about big church. But then there's a lot of other places in the Bible where it gets, it starts talking about the local church. There's the church in Jerusalem. There's the church at Antioch. The church in Century. There's uh, the seven churches that Jesus addressed in Revelations chapter 2 and 3. The church in Ephesus. The church in Smyrna. These are immediate church families, part of the bigger church family, just like this church, CTK, is an immediate church family, part of the bigger church family. Now, there's some things that you've got to understand about how this particular local church family, how, how, we, how, how we function and how we see church. First thing is this, CTK is a family, and if you want to belong, you just need to attend. That's it. That's it. Show up on a Sunday. Show up at a small group. Show up at Celebrate Recovery. Show up at the men's breakfast. And you, if you just attend, we're gonna, you, you belong. I mean, we're, we're going to make you, we're going to let you know and help, hopefully make you feel like right at home, love you and care about you. We have this saying around CTK. It goes like this. There's always a place for you. Always. You just show up and you're, you, you belong. This is not some exclusive club this, this, it's none of that. This, it's a family. Just show up and you belong. And it, it doesn't matter how messed up your life is, how dysfunctional, how addicted, how oppressed, how depressed, how fearful, afraid, whatever. It doesn't matter. You just show up and we're going we're gonna to make you feel right at home. You belong. Another thing to know about CTK is that not only is it a family, but CTK is a team. And if you want to make an impact, you need to get involved. There's n nobody cares about the one lost record of referees, if there is, even is such a thing, because they're not involved. They just stand there. I don't know who, I don't know who ref the Super Bowl last year. They're, they're just not involved. But when you're a part of the team, you, you're involved on a whole different level. And uh, if you want to belong just to Tim, but if you want to make an impact to make a difference in people's lives, to live a life of significance, you need to get involved. Find a place to serve. Engage with people who are far from God. Invest your, your financial resources in what God's doing. And now you've got to get this. There's no pressure around here to get involved. It is 100% okay to simply attend. You can attend every week for the rest of your life, and that is totally 100% okay. But at some point, I just got to tell you this. If, you're gonna, if this is going to be where you're going to hang out, you're going to be invited to strap on some gear and get off the bench and get in the game and get involved in what God is doing around here because this is a team. It's a team, and everybody has got a place on the team. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12 that a spiritual gift is given to each of us, not just to some of us, not just to the guys that, that are standing on the platform. It says a spiritual gift has been given to each of us so we can help each other. You have a place on the team. CTK is a team. And let me just say, being a player on the team is much better than simply being a spectator. Yeah, there's more chance that you might get hurt on the field. 
Yes, there's more chance that, that it, there's, it's just going to require more effort. There's going to be some more sacrifice involved. But you also get this great thing, a greater sense of significance. There's nothing like using the gifts and passions that God's given you to make a difference in people's lives. Now, like any team, you got to understand this, like any team, we've got a goal here at our church. We've got a goal. And, and the goal is not to pack out a service on Sunday. That's not the goal. The goal is not even to make converts. That's not the goal. A lot of people would think, what's the goal of church? That's not it. The, the goal is simply this. It's to make disciples. People who have surrendered their life to Jesus are following him, being changed by him, and getting on mission with him. That is the goal. And we didn't come up with that goal. Jesus did. Before Jesus left this earth, he said, he looked at his, his followers and he said, okay, go and make disciples of all nations. That's the goal. And also like any team, not only do we have a goal, but, but Team CTK has a playbook. We've got a playbook. The playbook is our vision, it's our mission, it's our values, it's the methods and the strategies that we use. And we're not going to unpack all these this morning, but one thing that you've got to understand about this church is that we do not believe in doing church haphazard. We believe that you've got to have, you've got to have a playbook. You just can't do this haphazard. A football team that goes on the field with no plan, with no playbook, will lose. Now, the Ferndale Golden Eagles right now are kicking some serious butt everywhere. Sorry if you're in here from Bellingham or Linden, but yeah, we beat you too. But, uh, <laughs> but we're 6-0 right now. And we're 6-0 because, because, one, we've got a great team. But, two, we've also got a great playbook. Our quarterback does not go into the huddle and say, I don't know what we're going to do, guys, but let's try to get the, goal, the ball across that line over there. And they get together on the line and then scatter. And they just, it doesn't work that way. They've got a playbook. They've got a plan. And because of that, they're winning. And it works the same way with the church. We are up against an enemy that is ruthless, an enemy that is powerful, an enemy that is bent on destruction, and we need to have a plan, a playbook, if we're going to accomplish this goal of making disciples who will make disciples who will make disciples who will make disciples. And a big part of that playbook that I briefly want to talk about this morning is the primary method that we use to accomplish our goal, and that's simply this. The method is making disciples through loving, intentional, truth, or Bible-centered relationships. It's not complicated. It's not complicated. Yes, we believe that weekend services are important. Yes, we believe that programs are important. But the primary method in our playbook for making disciples is having someone in your life who knows you, who loves you, who cares about you, who also is following Jesus, who knows God's word, and is coming alongside of you and helping you to grow in your faith. That is the primary method. That's why, that's why we talk so much about small groups. Because that primary method, that can't happen here on a weekend service. That's why everything that we do has some kind of small group component to it where we're, we're you get to know someone, and someone gets to know you, and, and they just pour into your life and help you grow in your faith. Church is a team. Everyone has a role in that team. Everyone. And here's the great thing about this team called the church. 
It, we know that the end result is, is we win. Jesus said this. He said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So CTK is a family. If you want to belong, you simply need to attend. That's it. CTK is also a team. If you want to make an impact, you need to, you need to take another step. You need to decide you're going to get off the bench, and you're going to get engaged and involved in the game. And then lastly, CTK is a movement. And if you want to be a part of changing the world, you need to become committed. Now, I know that's a word that a lot of us get our back up about, especially when you start talking commitment in church together. We tend to get a little bit, a little bit distant, a little bit uneasy with that. But, but if you want to be a part of changing the world, and, and that's, we're not just interested in what's going on here. We, we, we believe that Jesus is calling us to make disciples of all nations. There's a, there's a level of commitment, a new level of commitment that, that is called upon. Earlier I mentioned how, how the commitment I have to my immediate family is much different than the commitment that I have to my extended family. And you want to know where that, that commitment to my immediate family really began? Where it kind of became official? That commitment actually, it, it took place 18 years ago, April 4th, 1998, as, as Becky and I were standing in a little church up in Mission, B.C., staring each other in the face, um, or in the eyes, it sounds more romant romantic that way. <laughs> that sounds like we're, yeah. We're, we're looking at each other, holding each other's hands, and we're making these pledges. We're making these vows to one another, saying, I, I'll do this, I'll do this. I'm going to love you till death do us part. And then after we're done that, we go over here to this little table on the side, grab a pen, and we sign. We're committed. That's the I'm in line <laughs> If ever there was one. Talk about falling off a 200-foot cliff. Woo! You've got a bit of idea about this, how this marriage thing is going to go, but you don't really know how this marriage thing is going to go. But, but um, let me just say, it's been, it's been good. There have been, <laughs> it hasn't been like, I don't want to give you the wrong picture of my marriage here, okay? I love my wife, and I do it all over again for you, Becky, if you're here in the room. But you become a committed family. You go through some really amazing times you also go through some really difficult times together. In the process, you stretch one another and you grow close to one another. You challenge one another. And hopefully what will happen is your family will grow and you'll get to the point where, where your, your family will begin to expand and begin to touch and make an impact on the world around you. Now, we understand that, that commitment is needed for a family to work. But like I said, when th there's a lot of reluctance when it comes to being committed to a local church family. There's a lot of reasons for this. And some of them are really good reasons. Maybe you just got hurt by a church. You just got burnt somewhere in the past. And you're, just, you're reluctant to get engaged. Um, and there's some not so good reasons. Maybe it's just you just would rather just float around and you just would rather keep your options open. And you just don't really like the idea of having to, to put your feet down and kind of commit to a local church family. But there, there, there's a lot of reasons why people don't, and because of it, a lot of people, rather than saying I'm in, they're saying I'm out. I'm just going to play it my way. I'm just going to play it safe and just simply maybe attend and float around. And as a result, you're missing out, your church family's missing out, and the broken world around you is missing out. You are called by God to be part of an extended church family and also a local church family. Whether that's CTK or whether it's someplace else, Listen to what the Bible says. It says, but as it is, 
God arranged the members of the body. So this verse is, there's a comparison here between our physical bodies and the, the body of the church of Christ. God has arranged the, the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. He arranged them in the body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. But God has so composed the body that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. This is a picture of a unified church that is committed to one another. And as we wrap up this morning, I want to take a few minutes to speak specifically to those in this room who say, who would consider this their home church. I want to talk to you about something new that we're introducing at CTK, not just this CTK, but CTK Downtown, CTK Bellingham, all the CTK is a part of the Whatcom County Network. This thing called ownership. Other churches call it membership, but for, for reasons that you're soon going to see, we, our, our idea of ownership is quite a bit different than what a lot of people think of when they think of church membership. So what is ownership? It's a few things. The first thing is this. Ownership is the I'm in line for CTK. At CTK, we've, we've identified six practices that people who have been following Jesus have, have practiced throughout the centuries. These are not brand new. These are biblical. And we've covered them all over the last several weeks. And for those of you who say, yes, I want to commit to living these out within, this, within CTK, within this church family, we're giving you the opportunity to formally commit to that through this process called ownership. The process is not, it's not complicated. It involves going through an ownership class, filling out an application, and then getting a response from someone on our leadership team either saying, yes, you're in, or no, not quite yet. If you're going, I'm, I'm following these six practices, these are, I'm living these out, then yes. But if we sit down with you and you say, I believe that Lord Zoltron is God of the universe, we're probably going to say not quite yet. Let's get some things figured out kind of thing. But, but it's a simple process, and this is the I'm in line for CTK. It's also a reflection of your commitment and connection to your church. Ownership is a way of saying, I'm committed to this church, and I identify with CTK as being my local church family. This is important because what you're doing is you're recognizing that this local church family, it's, it's home. You're saying, yes, I'm a part of a bigger church, the universal church, but hey, I'm, I'm committed right here to this local church family. Last thing is ownership is a two-way commitment. It's a commitment you make to your church to consistently practice these six commitments. And it's a, it's a commitment that your church leadership makes to you. Let me just unpack that. It's a commitment you, you make to your church. The bottom line is simple. At CTK, we believe that God desires each one of us to be committed to a local church, a family a team that exists to glorify God and to be on mission in God's kingdom. And the difference between someone who's an attendee and someone who's an owner is just basically one word. And that word is commit, commitment. It's commitment. We, and, and we get commitment in so many areas of life. You know, we commit to a lease. We commit to a mortgage. We commit to a new car payment. We commit to a, a, a team, a training program, a lifelong partner. Ownership is commitment to your local church. The other part of this two-way commitment is that it's a commitment to your, your church leadership makes to you. It's a commitment to pray for you, to pastor you, to equip you as part of this team 
to be all that Christ is calling you to be. And so, in closing, I just want to throw out a couple challenges. I know this is like a lot that's been coming at you in the last 25 minutes. But a couple challenges I want to throw at you. And the first challenge is this. If you're not, if you, as you're hearing about ownership and committing to being a part of this local church, you're going, I'm not quite ready for that yet. Or maybe over the last several weeks as you're hearing about these, these six different commitments, you're going, yeah, I'm, some of these I'm just not practicing right now. I'd love to be, but I'm not. My challenge for you this morning is to take, take just one step closer to that I'm in line. Maybe for you it's diving in and getting engaged in a small group. Maybe as we've been talking about engaging in people who are far from God and you're going, I'm just living in a bubble. For you it's going, okay, I'm just going to get out there. I'm going to be, I'm going to engage with my neighbors and I'm going to engage with the people that I work with on a different level. But, but take one step closer. In the back of your sermon notes this morning, there's a, a, all six of those core commitments are there. You can also find them on our website. But I challenge you to look through that, review them, and then pick one that you currently don't practice and begin making steps to make that a regular part of your life. And the second challenge is this. If you're ready, I'm going to challenge you this morning to, to not let fear, to not let doubts or questions hold you back. But instead go, okay, I'm going to take the jump. I'm going to cross the line and declare, I'm in. I'm in. And, and how you do that is simple. October 23rd and 30th, we have the same ownership class being carried out both those dates. It's the same. It's going to be the same thing in both just to give you an opportunity to, uh, if, if one time doesn't work. But if you're going, I want to take that step, I challenge you to, to check out the, the program information that's in your program or the ownership class information in your program and go, okay, I'm going to be, I'm, I want to take some steps forward. I, I love this church. I love what God is doing here. And I just want to commit. I want to, I want to declare that I'm committed to, to what God is doing here to my church family. And I want you to know, at the end of the day, this is not about, this is not about CTK. This is not, it's not about getting people to, lots of people to own what, what we're about here. That, that's not what this is about. At the end of the day, this is about the name of Jesus being lifted high. It's about a church that identifies itself as followers of Jesus, that identifies itself as a church family saying, yeah, I, we are in on this. I'm committed to, what, to, to making the name of Jesus known in my town, in my county, in my nation, and wherever God leads me to do that. That's what this is about. And so I would challenge you this morning to, 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 to hear what God is saying to you and to say, okay, God, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this church family. Thank you so much, Jesus, that, that you have, Lord, you, you, you didn't just come and save us and then leave us to go through life all on our own. Jesus, you have adopted us into your church family. I thank you so much for that. Lord, thank you for each person in this room that's, that's a part of that family. Lord, for those that, that aren't a part of that family that are in this room, Lord, we're so glad that they're here. I pray that their time together this morning, they would just be going, man, I, I want to hear or find out more about this Jesus, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Lord, I pray that, that Jesus, you would work through this church. God, as we're talking this morning about being a team, Lord, about being on a mission, about having a goal to go and make disciples of all nation, uh, nations, I pray, Jesus, that you would equip us, that you would empower us, through the power of your Holy Spirit to do that, Father, wherever it is that we set our foot. 
Jesus, would you use this church, God, as a powerful force in this world to push back the kingdom of darkness, and that, God, your kingdom of light, God, would shine so brightly, God, through our lives. Father, I pray that, that, that Lord, you would work in and through us like only you can, like only you can. And, Father, I just want to ask, God, that as we leave today, that, Jesus, we would keep you the center of our lives, that, Jesus, we would open our hearts to your working, that, Jesus, we'd let you in to heal, that we'd let you in to speak to us and encourage us, that, Jesus, we'd make you such a real part of our lives. So, Father, we just uh, pray all these things in your good, good name. Amen. Amen.